Hey! It's soccer! Let's just, Jeff's just muting. I think, all right, so I'm going to vamp. And Can what's happening is, oh, were we muting that for content purposes or? Yes, because I'm a very professional podcaster. All right. I think you, next time, let it happen, Jeff. Just let it happen. Let's talk about it. Yeah, she's here. We see you, Lucy, getting water, you sneaky little. <laughs> you know what? She's lucky because I all I want to do is be seen, and Aww. she gets it for free. Mm. All I want is viewership. <laughs> That's not look the at same that. Thing. <laughs> oh, we, and one viewer. We've got in. our we've got our one live Twitch viewer. You get more callouts than literally any brand or player or team or anything Twitch viewer. You are you are the real American hero that keeps us going. Um, all right, for some more stuff because I feel like if I had known that that wish was going to come true, like a single viewer, a single viewer, <laughs> no better. <laughs> She's goes, Cindy Crawford. Goes... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, that's pretty. So uh, it is. I guess it's it's a new season. Even though we did one or two kind of off season uh, eps to, to to keep the romance burning between Jeff and I, uh, it's a new season. It's officially began. Uh, it, it began on Friday? Uh, question mark. Uh, yeah, Friday uh, with City. But before we get into any of the of the new footy, it's been played. Uh, we're gonna introduce. Some friends. Uh, this is Meet the Soccers. It's all about meeting new soccers. And uh, we're, we're, we're pleased to introduce Julio and Hector to Meet the Soccers. Please say hello at us, Julio and Hector. Sound effect. Hey, what's up? Happy to add to the diversity of the podcast. <laughs> add? <laughs> I mean, yeah, the diversity in our podcast up until now was breaking the calculator, dividing by the yeah. diversity we had. It does yeah, look like you're up. trying to make up for lost time. Like, well, today we have two people who are not middle-aged white men. <laughs> Welcome to Meet the Soccers. No, we can't. We can't do that. We can't do like a special month of trying and then 11 months of not oh, we, have to, we have to keep back to meet the soccer's black history month uh. <laughs> please stick uh, around for next, next year our guest is a relative of harriet tubman she does not watch soccer <laughs> i don't know how to i don't know how to segue from that uh no. feels like fertile joke territory to avoid um so all right oh, i'm sorry yeah so Julio and Hector, uh, I met these two gentlemen uh, playing Zog soccer. Jeff, you've heard uh, shitty descriptions of how soccer's been going, but I've been playing with these two guys for probably over a year, right? Maybe a year and a half. Yep, longer longer than that. We've been we even played in the Playa Vista League about two three years ago. Yeah, I guess that was oh. just as uh, COVID uh, was coming up. Was coming up. Yep. <laughs> you knew? The what the fuck? COVID. You didn't tell us? <laughs> this has been great. I'm going to leave you with the Sunday evening drive with COVID coming up on WKR7. Thank you, COVID. You should have given us a heads up, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys knew. You knew. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of kept it low key for a little while. But we were just playing out. at our we were playing at our wet market Zog League where we, you know, we kick the ball around. Sometimes it goes and hits a tuna. 
I do uh, feel like before COVID, that would have been like a great like '90s era Nike soccer commercial of like <laughs> some. So it would have been like Ronaldinho, and he would have been like juggling through the wet market, and he would have like kissed a fish and an old lady, and then like and then oh, coughed in someone's that. face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he, yeah, he just coughs up blood and then the Nike logo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Make out with a bat, put some time. <laughs> Start getting some of that. Yeah, a little hoga bonito. What yeah, is exactly? What would you say is your favorite historical make out with a bat moment? I think it's got to be Batman Forever, uh, with Val Kilmer as the bat and Nicole Kidman as the make router. That would be mine. That's, That's not where I thought this was going. I thought you were going to go like Ozzy Osbourne, like literally biting the head off oh, the bat. That, that could be yours. You, you, you took it That's down the, the Marvel. You t- I mean, you took it down the DC route. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got we've got two distinct ways to interpret that so far. Anybody else got another? <laughs> I was going to say, is there a third time? <laughs> no, is there okay. a third bat reference? Fern Gully, <laughs> Fern Gully, Robin Williams as the bat with the antenna sticking out of its head. Dude, that's how much I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid. I didn't even realize that that was Robin Williams until you just said that. Oh, yeah, that was his best role. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Wow. Real one, indeed. Hector, you got a bat makeout reference? (laughs) I confidently can say no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Closest thing I got is like the upside down kiss in Spider Man Toby. Ooh, that was a good one. Like, it's not. It's. It's kissing a disgusting animal, Toby, but no. (laughs) But it's not a bat at all. Um, All right. Uh, I'll mercy kill this topic. So, Julio. Uh, Julio, tell us a little bit about your fandom for a certain club. uh, I think it can't be referenced in the Harry Potter universe. Uh, It's an unforgivable curse. (laughs) But uh, Julio is our first on Meet the Soccer's Liverpool fan. <laughs> yeah. So tell us you know about kinda, it. <laughs> yeah, I think kind of one of the biggest things though is that I'm kind of a newly acquired Liverpool fan. Oh. I didn't actually I start out. I didn't actually start out that way. Maybe about two years. Yeah. So wait, did you start out following a different Premier League team, or you were just more into like MLS or some other league or something, or? Okay, so MLS was just not even on the radar. Just okay. the caliber of players was just not even there. Sure. Which, which funny enough, I was actually watching the Liverpool game today. And I've been on the Messi train this whole entire time watching those games in the MLS league. And I was like, literally as I was watching those games, I was like, man, um, Messi looks so good uh, compared to all these other players. But as soon as I watched this, Liverpool, and Hector fell off. Keep going. He'll come back. He'll come back. We'll fill him in on. (laughs) Yeah. He's bored. But anyway, though, when I was watching the Liverpool against Chelsea game, I kind of I got pretty taken aback because all the players had such nice touch. All all the passes ended up going where they needed to go. And, you know, I was like, oh, my God, these guys are so good. But it's, you know, it's just normal soccer. It's how it's supposed to be played. It's just that I've been watching MLS play just with an extraordinary player inside of the league. So, yeah. Well, now it's hard to tell the difference, right? Like, when, when you've got, like, half of Barcelona playing in an MLS game, like, it's it's getting harder to, to tell the difference. Hector, what happened? <laughs> Sorry, Hector's back. For those of you listening, uh, Hector... videoing, though. This dude's on his phone. 
Uh-huh. He's in the he's in the bathroom right now, reporting live. <laughs> yeah. For those of you just listening, Hector is taking his shirt off. He is rubbing honey on his pectorals. By the end of tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't didn't catch that, Hector. Uh, let's let's. Uh... <laughs> uh, can you not hear me? Sorry. Now I can hear you. Uh, we do not edit this podcast, Hector. So please, uh, <laughs> let's make it count. Yeah. No worries. Now I was just saying I might need to do that uh, later tonight. Rub some honey on these nips. <laughs> no, it's a good idea. So, yeah. so, so, who, who, so Julio was talking about Liverpool. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I got into it kind of like how everybody else does, at least here in the U.S., where you kind of follow the national teams. And okay. since I'm Mexican, I followed the Mexico team since I was young. So, you know, that was kind of like my first – step into getting into soccer my oldest memory that i had was the front the france versus italy game where zinedine zidane headbutted oh, wow. you yeah. know the italian player That's 2006 where I got into it. yeah 2006 it's kind of too bad because i actually was a pretty big fan of him like right after that but he seems to be doing pretty well even though he headbutted the guy he's got a good head on his shoulders i would say <laughs> yeah bald. nice bald head <laughs> so it went from that then took a trip to Spain, um, and I got to actually go see a Real Madrid game and got to actually meet all the players there. For, um, well, not really meet. We ended up going, showing up to the airport when they were all arriving and everything. And, you know, Ronaldo was there. Um, Xavi Alonso was there. Like, that whole entire team was, like, coming out. And they were so cool. They came out. They took pictures with us, except for Ronaldo. Uh, <laughs> he's a cool – like – I respect the guy, but the guy just went straight to the bus. He didn't wow. acknowledge anybody. All the other players, even uh, Zinedine Zidane was on the coaching staff at that point, came over, shook hands, took pictures, really cool. And Ronaldo just beelined straight for the bus and then went to the very back of the bus and just, like, didn't even look out the window at all to acknowledge anybody. <laughs> He did like what I do when I cut someone off in traffic and I don't want to actually like like have them like acknowledge it where I just look like straight ahead as if I will never like no didn't see you didn't see you didn't see you (laughs) like (laughs) Julio are you suggesting maybe for the first time on this podcast that Ronaldo uh only cares for himself because I will not I will not have him slandered. That no, dude, he's a dick. Like, of course, of course, he's a dick. I, I don't know. I've seen a lot of YouTube videos that say he's a caring guy. That he's done a lot of donations. He saved the kid by paying for his surgery one time. I mean, give oh, the guy some credit. I, I mean, feel like his PR agency told you all of those things in three separate articles that they paid to write. You know, they're spending those YouTube ad dollars pretty well in terms of getting all that publicity out there. He strikes me as someone like I've known people like that where it's like he's even competitive in things that you can't be competitive about like who's the better person where he would like because like (laughs) like he has that moment in him where he's like look at me like nurturing these children like look how nice I am and it's like but I don't know he just also has the rest of his moments you know what I mean where you know that he's like kind of a cock but like I think there are moments there where he like legitimately. Like it's not even just a PR like stunt. It's like it's like a PR stunt in his own personality, where he has to make you think that he's like such a cool guy or whatever. I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, I didn't like the stuff that came out recently, where because he's in that Nasir league over there, right? And he was talking crap about the MLS, 
and saying how, oh, <laughs> yeah, you go there if you're terrible and all this other stuff. And he was trying to hype up the league that he was in to make him more credible because he started scoring some goals over there. Yeah, That kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I was like, ah, oh, dude, you kind of went to a league that nobody – I don't even know how to watch that league, even yeah. if I wanted to. That's like, a really is good it on point. TV? Is it on streaming? I have no idea how to watch it either. I, I think it might be a link either at Hulu or maybe there might be a Pornhub league that might get you there. <laughs> No, I think it's, it's just, all live on Ronaldo's Instagram. You just got to watch his live stream <laughs> for the whole league. Here do you go. Just watch me wax my abs as I do this. <laughs> Let me tune into one of our games. <laughs> Although I did see today that, uh, I mean, I don't know, it was like Twitter talk, but like it seemed to be believable Twitter talk that Neymar might be going there now. Oh, wow. It's all that too. Yeah. Two big like, egos heading to the Saudi league. I mean, it kind of it it kind of checks out for him. And there was, I feel like there's a not so crazy alternate universe where Mbappe was on the way there for like a little while too, with the way things have been going at PSG, where like everyone they're just not playing all the people that they're paying bajillions for because you know they're having a tantrum. But I do, I don't know. Like that that's a strange move for me for Neymar. Like how old is he now? He's like what 20? 31? 31. Oh really? I would have guessed like 29. Really? Okay, 31? I thought he was much older i thought he was almost on his way out no he was he was he's he's only a few years behind messi in terms of age because remember they were both in their 20s together at barcelona he's just a couple years younger okay as messi was is like a different generation almost i mean messi's like what 38 they're five five years apart yeah he's a different generation he's not in that class anymore huh ronaldo and messi were you know during a different time, but they were all competing for the Ballon d'Or at the same time. When when uh, you're right, he's 31. You're right. I just think so of because he's also a guy where he was on the radar. <laughs> he just met the Wait, soccer. We get to do we get to Google fact check things on here? Yeah, Is we're on our computers. <laughs> That's why Hector he's multi multi screening right now. He's got a cool video. He's got Chat GPT with one hand on the right. <laughs> uh, you know, I realized. Uh, earlier this morning, my gaming computer doesn't have a mic or a cam. So I was like, all right, I'll borrow this uh, ancient Mac I have here. And then it would just shit the, the bed. Oh, right now. sorry, dude. Is what it is. You get new technology. You gotta Wait a minute. Thing. Wait a minute. You're an Arsenal fan. So you're probably familiar with feeling like the day is going to be successful. But then <laughs> in the last sort of five yards, mm. slipping. Nah, this time at least I got. This is more like having a red card in the beginning of a game. Uh, yeah, this is yeah. We're yeah. familiar with that too. We just <laughs> R.I.P. Granite Shaka. <laughs> I don't want to say good riddance, but uh, you know, I had a weird not- moment where like because I was looking at the game when we played yesterday, and I was like, wait, who used to play where Havertz plays now? And it took me a minute to remember because I was like, why isn't that guy starting? And then I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, it was that guy who was team captain for years. Like, I've, like, I've weirdly blocked him out already. Yeah. yeah but I at mean, the same time, as much as I was never that big of a fan of Shaka, like, he had a unique set of skills for a weird little tactical setup, and I'm not totally convinced that Kai Havertz is going to be able to replace that. So, like, maybe that just means we're going to have to shift everyone around and, like, change the game plan, but... Yeah, like, start at party at right back. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that was a very strange thing to me um, with Gabrielle just sitting on the bench. I, 
I I just I uh, yeah I'm not totally convinced on Havertz at that spot, and I think like maybe I'll have to eat crow at some point where like we still just haven't quite figured out what to do with him not there because it's like who's just like our like maybe you know who's probably the closest to this like who is our like knocking around guy midfielder you know what I mean who's like not super fast but like can kick the ball well and is like down to you know play ninety minutes. I don't know if we have that. Like, the closest thing is maybe Jorginho. Real quick, I just want to let all the people listening, Jeff has changed the topic to Arsenal. He did not mention the word Arsenal, but I don't know if you noticed, Jeff has changed the topic to Arsenal. Uh, and Hector, I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off. Please please keep... No. I just wanted everyone to know, this wasn't Jeff going on about United or Chelsea or Newcastle or Spurs. This is Jeff going on about Arsenal, which, uh, again, another first for, for the Meet the Soccer's yeah. podcast. <laughs> Again, he's pretty biased on the show. <laughs> <laughs> just today. I feel yeah. like, all right, but let's conversation time is seen just slightly because we sort of got sidetracked into Ronaldo is a dick, which is also a thing that we current is a current refrain of uh, <laughs> me to soccer's. But how did you come to Liverpool as a fan? Like, uh, how, where did you feel oh. the calling there? Okay. So I got into it with, you know, into Real Madrid and Barcelona, loved their style of soccer, all that. But then got to moving here to LA, and I kind of realized that there was a pretty big Liverpool following here. Hmm. I think out of all the clubs here in Los Angeles, I think Liverpool is probably the biggest one. I think there's hmm. they even have like two soccer bars dedicated to Liverpool. Really? Really? Whereabouts? Well, there's one right by me. Jocks yeah, Daily. City. Yeah, Jocks are Daily. <laughs> but there's also one in. Uh, over there in Studio City, I think that's a Liverpool. But wait, you're basing you're basing also. the fandom footprint of the team based on who started a business in LA. They're pretty efficient that way. They know how to attract fans. Wow. But... Oh wait, nope, nope. We <laughs> yeah. ju- we just crossed the threshold no, for no. Spurs <laughs> fans. There's got to be a Spurs bar now. It's the there, law. There is one, and it sucks. There's a Spurs <laughs> bar. Yeah, it's in um, Eagle Rock. I think so. Somewhere up there. Is that that sounds close to London, <laughs> North LA area? There's definitely a, a Tottenham bar, and I walked in there with a Arsenal jersey, and Ooh. I did not feel comfortable, so <laughs> went back and put oh. on, a, had a drink, and it was nasty. So that's why I say the bar sucks. Yeah, uh, you you got to be careful with the jerseys you roll into these bars with, man. These people are they're very mean, like. Some people rolled in there with uh, like a Man City jersey or something, and they, you know, it's nothing but Liverpool fans, and they gave them crap. They were talking shit to them the entire time, and they just like booed the hell out of them. I've never seen fans that intense. That's, that's fair. I sometimes it's worse in like because I mean I'm calling in from London, and like they're definitely like there's entire neighborhoods that I don't want to like wear Arsenal colors in here, like if I want to keep my life, but like at the same time. I feel like once you're in the pub here, people are like kind of chill about it because it's just like every day. Whereas like in America, like I've had people like I remember there's this bar. I think it's called I want to say it's called the Four Courts or something like that. It's like this Irish pub in Arlington, Virginia. And I was there, you know, it's morning because it's America. So it's like nine o'clock in the morning. I'm watching the North London Derby. And there was kind of like there was like a, a, a room over there where all the Tottenham fans were, and then all the Arsenal fans were kind of piled around the bar. But they like oh. I didn't know this bar very well. Like I was like in town, and I stopped, 
And like, I was like, oh, sweet. A perfect seat has opened up right in front of a TV. And what I didn't realize, like, I had basically like, I had gotten a seat on the border. And so like, I was like right between the fan bases. And like, it was like, there was a, it was a little bit like, you know, argy bargy. And then at one point, the guy like sitting next to me on the Arsenal side was like, if it pops off with them, like, are you down? Like, are you going out to the parking lot with us? And I was just like, no, like I, I have a brunch reservation in two hours, sir. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just hands, but, he just handed you a shank at that point. He's like, okay, I got you. I'm like, you go. but it's really weird. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta like, take the biggest guy there. Grew up within five minutes of each other that are in this bar, but you like somehow ended up in like some other city's sectarian violence or something. Like, it's very, I don't know, it's strange. I want to know, is RG Bargy short for Argentina Bargentina? Because that, mm, that was immediate reference. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, do you remember? It was basically a year ago when I was visiting you last. Uh, we were in a pub. I can't recall what the... It was like Leicester versus Leeds. And there were three Leeds fans with their very unfortunate looking girlfriends. I mean, unfortunate to have oh, been yeah, stuck yeah. there with, the, with these guys. <laughs> oh, I yeah. thought you were calling them... No, no, no. They, I mean, appealing. I was like, wow, that's a very rude way. No, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, they all looked miserable oh. being stuck there with like three dudes right. in the same Adidas like tracksuit. If anything, uh, they were like too good looking for these particular yeah. guys. Like, um, I do remember this, but, but, but the they didn't say anything. But, like, they were just radiating hostility at others, even though I think we were... T- was it technically an Arsenal bar we were in? No, I remember, like, I went to the bar to order us drinks, and there were, like, some old guys there, and we started chatting. And I ha- I was, like, wearing, like, an Arsenal, like, uh, like tracksuit jacket. And I was like, oh, yeah, these guys are kind of crazy over here, right? Like, am I going to get stabbed tonight? And he goes, no, mate. It's an Arsenal pub. And like, actually, to be fair, I think that guy kind of did have my back. Like that 70 year old man was like ready to go to the mattresses. But <laughs> what, is Wait, that even, what does that even mean? And this is an Arsenal pub. So we don't commit any violence or anything in comparison to other clubs. No, I think he just meant like I should be the one who's comfortable and they're the outsiders. But I was oh. like, well, yeah, but they're like the three overweight, like 25 year olds. And it's just what m- me one massive pussy and like three like geriatric drunks so like i don't know my money's on the lester fans at this point but nah you could run faster than those fats <laughs> yeah just push down one of the old men and then i'm good to go They'll take roll. their cane away <laughs> i just want to say i haven't fat shamed anyone here i'm still kind of sort of just trying to make my way through this podcast without uh <laughs> cashing in my last poker chip um but yeah, but no. but julio i feel like uh, sufficient answer. New Liverpool fan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, right. On the okay. topic of so, why I like Liverpool, but but and I and I and I and I don't want to do this, but I'm gonna have to bring the cop topic back to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hector, uh, would love to to sort of ask you the same thing about like, as an Arsenal fan, like how did that come to you? What what are your like? What part of Arsenal are, do you associate with? Like, what era? What what's your what are your feelings? Give us give us some Arsenal juice. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, I initially, I've always been an Henri fan. Uh, when I first saw him in the nineteen ninety eight World Cup, um, that's the first time I ever got introduced to soccer professionally. Saw you know cousins and uncles playing, uh, even at a high level, but never saw a professional 
until I saw the World Cup in 98. Um, uh, Arsenal, or sorry, uh, Henri scored uh, that year, but I didn't know what team he played on. I just thought like, oh, these there's teams and they always play for their country. You know, I didn't know that there were club teams. So years go by, um, and it was like 2002 or, or uh, late 2001 that I found that this guy that I saw playing with France and had a you know ball of a time. Uh, I don't know how many go- goals he actually scored in 98, but I did see him score one. I was like, all right, this guy's pretty cool. Uh, was quite the Francophile back then. Eventually found out he was playing with Arsenal. I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. And as you see on my title there, number 14 enthusiast, uh, I've always been, I, I 14 is my lucky number. And Ooh. it just happened to be uh, our um, Henri's number uh, with Arsenal. So started following him, following the team. And then obviously, you know, 203, um, they have a really good year and uh, just kind of been really good uh a fan of Arsenal from then. Uh, again, I didn't see too many club games. Um, my uncle always had this, um, this, uh, he owned a, a car shop and he had a satellite dish that you can point it anywhere and get different channels from all over the world. And at one time I happened to be just scrolling through all these satellites and ended up in one in the UK and picked up an Arsenal game. And it happened to be Arsenal Liverpool. Uh, and I saw he score two goals. this this is fucking awesome like this guy's the real deal and i'm just gonna start following this team but i kind of had a phase out like i you know started focusing in school needed to get into college so stopped paying attention to soccer almost stopped playing it entirely (laughs) um and then you know those six world cup came by on rescores again um and then that's when i actually realized on reward 12 with France and not 14. Oh, so, wow. So I was I like, totally it, gotten that trivia question wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe in that year he wore 14, but I have an, an Henri jersey and it's and it's 12. So huh. um, no, I'm sure you're right. Yeah. Years go on. Um, still following them. And then I get back into college. And uh, what year was that? Oh, six. Must have been 06, the champion. Oh, yeah, 06, the Champions League with Barca. So mm-hmm. at that point, I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to follow them more. One kid uh, or a colleague of mine in college was wearing a Von Percy jersey, uh, the oh, nice. yellow one. And I was like, that's sick. Uh, and I turn around and I see him face to face and he's wearing an Arsenal jersey. I was like, dude, this is happens to be, I'm going to be an Arsenal fan, like straight from that then, uh, from 05, pretty much uh, moving forward. So it's crazy it, how little those moments are like, you know what I mean? Like where, like how you become a fan where you're like, well, yeah, like I saw this shirt and then like, I like the number four, you know what I mean? Like, and then it sends you on a whole path. It, I, I was just going to say like, it's, it's all of us have some sort of origin story because none of us were born in insert like British town or city. Right. And, and especially being, being, you know, over here, there you couldn't you couldn't watch it you couldn't randomly in, like uh intersect with any form of the premier league before a certain year like i i feel like you couldn't really even watch it before streaming kind of made it pervasive so like kind of, for, go ahead you, no i was going to say you kind of noticed the world cup and also france in terms of getting our first 
like taste of what soccer actually is. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was like in the band. For him, it was uh, Henri. Yeah. Like, if anything, if you were watching it back in the day, there was a good chance you weren't – like the probably one of the harder leagues to – like you could probably find MLS. And then especially in like California, like you could probably find both the Spanish and the Mexican league. But oh, yeah. like it was t- – like I remember until like – I don't know. I would say it's pretty late. Like when like NBC didn't get the rights to the Premier League till what, like 2010 or 11 it, maybe? They, like, when, did, uh, when did Andrew oh, – I mean, sorry. <laughs> when did Beckham – <laughs> oh, when yeah. did David Beckham get here to the U.S.? That would have been like oh, that's when things kicked off here in the U.S. Yeah, the mid aughts probably. Uh, I think is when he came. But it, but it's interesting that like I, I don't know if you guys you know ever interact with anybody who feels like they have like maybe more of a claim to being a football fan. Like, well, I'm from there, and like you get all of that sort of shit. But like. They were also presented with like an IV of football from the moment they were born and had sure. access to it from the moment they're born. And I personally, I know I'm biased in this. I always find that it feels like it means more to the people who have to swim upstream to even find it. And like, I think about like baseball fans in fucking Australia who turn into like <laughs> players that actually are playing an MLB. Like they have no reason to play baseball. Like that's not that's not a fandom that comes easy. That's a fandom no. that you basically have to wrestle an alligator for. And so I don't. That's kind of why you know when we have guests, yeah. it's just nice to hear about it because it means something to all of us. Yeah, yeah you got to work for it. You got to go against the current because everybody that we're surrounded around, they're all football and basketball fans or shitheads in uh, <laughs> like in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. And also. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you this. A lot of the time, whenever I try to bring up the topic of soccer, Premier League, any of that, there's always a couple of people in the crowd that just talk crap about the flopping or they say like, oh, yeah, that that girl's sport or whatever it is that you guys play and all that. Um, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where you kind of bring up the whole entire thing. It was like, I kind of think soccer players are actually more athletic than any of the other sports. It just is such a demanding sport and the amount of uh, technique that they have to have is on a different level than any other sport we have here in the U.S. Yeah, and then when someone gets injured or let's say just tackled, you know, tripped, you're hauling ass, you're running miles a, a, a game, and then you get tackled. Yeah, you kind of want to take a second before you get back up and sprint your ass off again. You know, I get the whole, like, you get tripped and and – or, oh, sorry, I don't get when someone gets tripped and then they're there for minutes when it was actually a phantom trip. You know, that's that's bullshit. I get that. But, yeah, you get actually tackled, your ankle rolls, someone spikes your shin, you might want to take a minute uh, just to get back and, and start sprinting again because your team's going to need you to haul ass. You know right. who does, you know who, like, kind of fucks that up? Because I totally... Newcastle. Everything you're saying, but, like... Yeah women's soccer players they do they they like they will just get like absolutely like taken out and they're just like whoop right back in place like as if it's a video game player and it, like when that ladies put her patella back like she got tackled and her patella up on the side of her knee she was just like all right hold the breath smack moves the patella back on <laughs> gets back up Obviously and goes right to the hospital. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, did, 
she wasn't there like, oh, like I'm going to cry about it. Like she's like, I got to get back up. But I don't think medically it's advisable to be like, uh, of course not. To just transform her your way back to being. <laughs> I have to walk to the hospital. We don't have equal pay, so I can't take an Uber. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Um, all right, so it's so so nice to get to know uh, how you guys came came to your various clubs. Uh, before we get into the new season, which we do have to eventually get to, we're already half hour into this, and we basically haven't done shit, um, okay. which is great. It's kind of why it's fun to make and harder to listen to than it is to make. Um, <laughs> we're but... having more fun than any listener, including you, Twitch guy. <laughs> Twitch guy, you are like a glutton for punishment, or or, or Twitch gal. Um, hot transfer summer. There's been some crazy ass shit that's happened in the transfer market just in the last 24 hours, uh, but but plenty in in the last few days. Like I don't want to say like what is your team doing? Like what transfers come to mind? Because there are so fucking many. I could talk about how like. Courtois, I think, tore his ACL for Madrid, and then there was all of a sudden talk of David De Gea going to Real Madrid, which would have been just Wild. the funniest thing ever. Uh, like We basically just discarded him, unfortunately. Uh, he's reached his milk carton expiration date. But like for him to I then... A, I have a question on for you guys. What? I, th- I thought you guys were potentially going to get Harry Kane. Mm. You were alone in that thought <laughs> i never <laughs> i never thought we would find a hundred million pounds for for somebody who's only gonna play uh you know at the top level for a handful more years but harry kane going to Bayern munich which uh as of the last of our podcasts was not even something we were really talking about it was basically like a yesterday thing to be fair <laughs> yeah breaking news yeah Scoop interview was brought to that and he was like what <laughs> like <he's- laughs> really yeah well nobody thought that that was where the guy who is this close away from breaking the all-time premier league goal scoring record would be like nah i did like alan Shearer's tweet about it because there was that whole because it was such a weird tottenham saga where there was at one point where they like wouldn't give him permission to fly and he like needed that contractually or something and then alan Shearer tweeted a picture of himself dressed as a pilot like dude whatever you need to get out of this league <laughs> um but yeah i that was wild i'm on the fence about this because there's part of me that wants to just take joy and like he was the biggest arsenal killer and i think that this is entirely fair for me to say he was a dirty greasy cunt in the way that he played and like he just was always you know he would he was just he would he had no problem injuring other players to secure a yellow card for himself like you know against them kind of thing and like i always just i hated him i thought he was such a like scumball and he was unfortunately very very good against us always and so i'm like glad to see him gone but then there's another little part of me that i'm like this is kind of like they're getting Hello. a redo they're getting a redo of the bail thing where like they like with the bail but money they, they made so much money and they fucked it up. And yeah. It was like great. But like at the time I remember thinking 
this is the Herschel Walker trade. You know what I mean? Like if you give them a hundred million, they're gonna be able to buy five or six good players at the time. Wait a minute. Are you great. saying are you saying that Spurs selling Harry Kane means Harry Kane will at some point run for office in the United States Harry uh, on Kane like a anti abortion pro choice as you think. <laughs> no. pro, it's pro chance. Pro chance is what he is. <laughs> no. I think that, um, yes, I think that he is a semi-literate serial abuser <laughs> from Alabama. That is what I think about Harry Kane. But you, so you're Jordan, Spurs, Jordan. Spurs, Sorry, Spurs, Spurs are doomed for the short term. Like, th- there's no way they're replacing him at all. They will, they'll spread the money out and it'll disappear. The I mean, only thing that I will say, like that? the only thing I'll say though is like, can Harry Kane replace Harry Kane at this point? Like. He's getting older. Like, I feel like they may have sold him at the exact right moment. Like, if he went to Bayern this year and had eight goals and it was a scandal and they, like, he's playing in Saudi Arabia or Turkey next year, would it really surprise you that much? Like, he's old. He's He was never he was never quite athletic enough to be as good as he was anyway. Like, he might start sucking any second now. Julio, Julio. That's pretty rough for somebody that's 30 years old. He's probably still got like two or three more years left in him, no? Julio, what were you what were you saying about us being biased earlier? Because I don't agree. I think Jeff and I completely unbiased. <laughs> I don't know, man. Harry Kane's knees are they need to be insured. He's on his way out. I really do feel that. I mean, even when I you saw him on the World Cup, I, I'm not a Harry Kane fan either. I um, not because he wasn't <laughs> he not, this guy. Like really He's I, fine. He's good. <laughs> when this is he's so put, strange. When I saw people with, don't like him. with England, he would not go celebrate with him. The whole team would go, and and Ooh. Harry Kane would just be walking by himself, you know, over here back to midfield, probably because he needs all the energy to get back uh, on side. It, I don't know. That guy's good riddance, I would say. Congratulations, would you, on, you have more wow. money. Would you say, Hector, the same thing about another England teammate, Harry of Harry Kane's, one Harold Maguire, currently, oh, currently headed to West Ham? Oh, oh I wanted him to stay at Man U. I really wanted him to just keep stinking it up. <laughs> Dude, Edson Alvarez is gonna show him up. I think. Uh, what uh, two center backs? We'll see. Well, I don't know if Edson will play center, but. Uh, Dude. He, he's a CDM, oh, isn't that's he? Actually, yeah. That's actually one of the ones that I'm really excited for. I'm always happy to see, um, you know, more Mexican players coming into the Premier League. It's uh, it's usually kind of hard to do that because the Liga MX pays so much money for their players that they can't really, you know, the Premier League doesn't want to pay the money to be able to get those guys over there. So hmm. I'm pretty excited to see him coming into the Premier League and playing. Yeah, I've never actually, this is like maybe just a weird blind spot in my like soccer knowledge, but is that like, I didn't realize that that was the reason, like that's why it's so hard and that's why there's not as many Mexican players playing in Europe as you would expect is because of the, it's a money thing kind of. It's that. And then you also see contracts, you know, have funny shit in it. Like, oh yeah, like I'm going to pay you and your mom and your families homes you know you can party as long as you want um plus we'll, we'll match <laughs> whatever the premier league team will pay you you know kind of like yeah that. and you don't you're not not a you don't have to you don't have to leave your country to live a pretty good life because they're already making like eight ten million dollars in contracts wow. as opposed to leaving to 
the Premier League where you might not be successful and only make a million dollars or something. That's the same reason that people were saying Kane wouldn't go to Germany. It's like that's a, that's a huge shift for someone, especially when like there's a huge amount of risk in it, right? Like you go to another country and you flop because of language or you just don't get comfortable or playing style or the fans are shitty. Like there's so many reasons that like a big change like that fails but it's so easy to if you can make a living in in the league where you're from like same with italy it like why don't more italian players go to other leagues it's not that they're not good enough it's it's they're get they get to eat pasta <laughs> i'm sure that's what's keeping them there <laughs> i do i bet you like, i can find a quote that get that guarantees that there are players that are like i'm not leaving my pasta i'm i promise you Italy is the most fascist country about their food where it's like, like I get it. Like your food. I literally, I was just in Italy a few weeks ago. The food is great. The wine is great. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, you're not the only country with good food. And like, if you move to a city, like say Paris or London, there are like a few good restaurants there. You'll be fine. But I don't know. Italian people are very strange about that to me. We just let it go. They're like, we don't like it at Nando's. Yeah, I'm like, but Nando's is very good. And they're like, no. No, I don't like Nando's. <laughs> uh, the tomatoes, guys, it's just, they grow their own. They like their own tomatoes. It's what it is. Italians do that? Yeah. You, you know where the tomatoes came from, though, right? America. They came from, they came from Mexico. <laughs> Re- wait, the, the tomato? Yeah, the tomatoes from Mexico. Tomato, wow. corn, potato, I'm, tobacco. I tell you, there needs to be more exportation of stuff over to Europe from Mexico. We need more players out there. Could that be a business opportunity? <laughs> tomatoes and soccer players. That's no, meaning meaning you guys, variety. if you guys could go get to live in the UK, just like Jeff, my hugest envy in my whole life mm-hmm. is that he gets to do that. Uh, and you could you could start like the like import outpost that doesn't exist. Like you could b- build that connection point between <laughs> two countries and just live like kings in London. Oh, you're just gonna be selling discount Mexican soccer players? Like- <laughs> no, not players. I just like all the stuff that you can't get. Sounds like human trafficking. I'm losing control of my no, own no, fucking podcast. No. I like this, like, like for Sunday league teams. You're like, dude, like, do you need a guy who is just full of yellow cards and curses in Spanish almost constantly on your team? Come on, I hate but you all. He'll score at least two goals a game. Yeah, yeah. He's five foot two, and he'll do you, as the song says. Mm-hmm. These are stereotypes. I didn't mean any of whatever you're talking about. I was talking about like chips and drinks and shit. Uh, but no, no problem. <laughs> All right, you could equally do that from LA. I don't think you would need to leave the Los Angeles area. I feel like, like, are there any? The goal is getting to live in London though, and getting to go like have a season ticket. Okay, in that sense, yeah, you could just be like a bad business person who chooses to live abroad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right but speaking of bad business is there any other transfer stuff you guys want to talk about before we move on to the season kicking off well our oh. American bully now with Tottenham or yeah. sorry not Tottenham. Nottingham Forest yeah uh, at least he's going to get to play a lot more but he's going to get I do think that's a good thing for the United States of America mm-hmm. Hector are you are you uh, when it comes to national teams are you a United States fan 
I am, but I'm more Mexico fan. So okay, Mexico is my one, and USA is definitely my two. Uh, yeah. so that's like Yankees, Red Sox are my one and two. My main is Yankees. <laughs> my secondary is Red Sox. Like, I don't think you're allowed to, are you? Uh, that's yeah. like a very common yeah. one, though. When, yeah. you're, when you're Mexican American, you can play that card as long as you want, I guess. Yeah, but then, like but... that kid during the soccer game that had the Mexico jersey, and then as soon as U.S. started going up, he took off the Mexico jersey, and then he had a U.S. jersey. I was like, wait. Reversible. You can't do that. Oh, yeah, the, the split in half jersey. Well, yeah. I've definitely seen the split in yeah. half jersey. Well, because when they play each other, it's like, let's say that you, like, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep using gaming terms. Mexico is my main. It's like then at the next USA game you show up and you're like oh but now I'm back it's like it's like stepping out on your wife and then the next day being like but that was yesterday today I'm 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 it's just only you today like you know it, I, I have a response for that so for me it's <laughs> players right so there are certain players I do not like on either team uh, on both teams I should say so if one set has a better you know play set or play, uh, more players than others then I'll probably root for that uh, other team that day um, again I'm not there to rub it in the other person's face or anybody else's face if one team beats the other it's just oh I am <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. I feel like that. Julio and I, I think we watched a few games together, and I was like, yeah, USA, that game. And he was like, oh, it's all Mexico, man. All Mexico. So, all right. Wow. Wow. Oh, dude. When, uh, when Liverpool beat Manchester United, or they had that tragic game last season, I remember talking to Skyler, and I just started rubbing it in as much as I could. <laughs> but then... I don't remember. I was like, oh, my God. I think he actually hates me now. It's like <laughs> when we first started, I think, oh. <laughs> I'm really touching a sensitive topic here. I've, you know, I'm gonna lay back a little. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been invested in Liverpool long enough to be able to say these kind of jokes about Manchester United. It, Julio, it really depends with where I am in the rest of my life, and if United is going poorly, it's just like drags me down into like in a deeper abyss. So I might have been, I might have been a rough moment. I'm so sorry if I <laughs> if I Sometimes handled that poorly. Up for it. It's because, like, there's no one that can insult Manchester United more harshly than Skylar Hunt. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like you end up just being his warm up comic, and then, like, Jeff Ross comes out and he's just like, with the fucking glazers. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and that's but that's also why maybe like that's what makes me different than maybe every other soccer fan I've ever met is that like I'm I give it to my own team when it's deserved so much more than anybody else that when they give it to me I'm like you don't get to talk about my family like this I like I'm the one who gets to talk shit about my family, yeah, um, but I know that that's not how like the rest of all of sport works so I can I can take an L on that one that maybe I'm kind of a thin skinned baby. <laughs> I was going to say, most of the time, you're really not. Uh, like, if anything, where it's like, I just... Because some people, that's the way that they bond, is, like, everyone's talking shit. Whereas, like, like if Arsenal, like, beat the shit out of United in a game, like, I'm like, if anything, maybe we observe a period of silence after the game. Or, I don't know, it's like, it's never... I don't know. I don't approach it the same way that I do with certain other. Jeff doesn't want like a crying co-host because it's not good ASMR. It really isn't. All right, but uh, H Hector, you brought up uh, U.S. legend Matt Turner. Uh, mm -hmm. 
I do believe Jeff and Hector Arsenal played against U.S. legend Matt Turner in the first match of yeah, the season. Immediately. And this was totally random. A computer picked this matchup out. There's no narrative in football. No, no uh, what happened? Uh, I watched a tiny bit of it, but please tell Julio and I. I, I mean, Julio, did you watch it? I watch it. Tell Julio and I what the <laughs> fuck happened. Yeah, I was watching other games. The ticket stands first didn't work, so that's yes. really. Yeah, I guess there was a there was a delay, dude. I woke up ready to go, four thirty or four twenty oh, morning. So got my coffee ready, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you're delayed." I'm like, "All right, I'll have to chug this coffee and keep it keep awake for these thirty minute breaks while Rebecca Lowe makes fun of everybody." <laughs> uh, but uh, the it was a good game. Uh, I thought we controlled the whole entire game. Um, I thought uh, Matt Turner did fine, but I mean, you're going up against Arsenal. Like uh, we have a pretty <laughs> good uh, front uh, line. So uh, he got bombarded. He did as good as he could, but yeah. Well, Hector, for those of you listening, you probably don't know this, is a goalie. Uh, so a great goalie at that. He's a great goalie. So, so Hector, like, would you would you say that you were like noticing his performance? Obviously, as a recent Arsenal alum, uh, but also as someone who watches the U.S., like, you feel like he put in a strong, a strong performance. Yeah, I think he played less skittish. So I've seen him play with Arsenal. Sometimes he's just hesitant, or maybe Arteta was asking him to do more than he was comfortable doing. Um, like running out of the box, but he felt comfortable. It looked, he looked comfortable. Uh, I even thought um, he looked pretty much on par with, um, uh, oh my goodness, uh, our goalie. Wait, did Ramsdale play or did uh, the new guy Ram- play? Ramsdale no, no, no. Because I don't think the new guy is like officially official yet, is he? Yeah, David, he's not there. Just Raya. Raya. Yeah, so Ramsdale and him, I think they were played just as well um but again turner eh, he's just not ramsdale so <laughs> yeah um, i mean honestly like the, the the second goal the soccer goal i just don't know that was such a like no one's like, gonna... i just don't see how anyone's stopping that you know what i mean like in the history of goalkeeping it's just like if you shoot a rocket and it like curls perfectly in and just kind of goes in off the bar it's like that's a goal and yeah. then the other one, it was kind of like it just ended yep. up relatively point blank range and took a deflection. So it's also not really the keeper's fault. So I don't know. I, I thought he played pretty well. I think it's actually, there's a little part of me, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe we should have hung on to that. <laughs> like his, he looked good. Like he, I, I always felt like he, I've always felt like he plays better for the US team than he d- did for Arsenal last year. I agree. I mean, he still has a lot to learn. Um, yeah. Do you, I, think, do you think this has something to do with the, like, playing out of the back type of team versus the not playing out of the back type of team, which I would guess Forrest is just defending and trying to go more direct? Agreed. Yeah, he would, I mean, Turner was just kicking everything away. Um, he was nothing, no small passes. I don't believe he made too many. So, yeah, I mean, in the end, I think he, he played a, his game so he looked comfortable but that's also Forrest's game and you just can't do that against Arsenal at the end they scored um kind of a I don't know again another lapse of defense I feel like Arsenal's defense mm. is 
still still uh, needs a little bit of help. Uh, Saliba unfortunately got beat. I think that that play it was Saliba or is it? Uh, um, well, yeah, but at that they, point we had already pulled Timber for the injury. Yeah. So was that who came on? Was that Tomiyasu? Wait, Tim, Tim, was, Timber uh, got injured. Yeah. And it's a little bit unclear as to how bad the injury. Like I've heard some people say, like, "Oh, it looks like a dead leg," and then I've heard other people say, "Like, it looks like a knee." So hopefully... there's been there's been some really intense injuries already, and the season's only minutes old. And like, yeah. whether you're talking Spain or or Premier League, like there are like Unkunku's out for like six months. Uh, Madrid has lost Milito and their goalie to the same ACL injury. I'm wondering if that whole like let's force fuck a World Cup into the already yeah. very dense calendar no. thing is gonna have like serious injury repercussions across the world with like big yeah. players. I mean, they've been playing nonstop now. Uh, this summer break, you still have your a month. Yeah, right, and you're still playing um... for the national team. Right, that too. If you're good enough, you're playing all year. Yeah. Yeah, speaking, of, speaking of injuries, did you guys see that Marcelo leg break that he did to that one guy? Oh my! What? God. This was like a a week or two ago, right? Yeah, in like the Brazilian just... league. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. He did a step over on this guy and literally just like stepped on his leg and literally snapped his leg in half. Like knees don't go that that way. They don't go in that direction. No. It was very. It was great, and it was a weird one too because like. He was so fluid. He was in the middle of this like great dribble. He had already gone by a couple guys, and it was like, oh wow! And like the way he did it, it was like he didn't break stride at all. He was just running, and then a guy's knee ended up under his leg, and it looked like no one around like thought it was a big deal, except he knew, and he was like, "Please come over here!" And then like everybody's like, "What? What? It's like is a foul on him or what?" <laughs> like. His very... leg was going in the opposite direction of where it's supposed to go. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. I was told you could just slide your fucking patella back and lock it into place and get back up and just keep playing. I, that's what I if was told. Had, if it had been a lady soccer player, she would have given birth, gotten back up, and just gone for it. They have a different threshold for pain, Skylar. That's biology. Uh. <laughs> Wait, speaking of speaking of a different threshold for pain, uh this morning's Liverpool versus Chelsea match, Julio. Uh. Did you did you get to witness uh the big head matchup up uh, head matchup? The big uh, the big matchup, the main matchup for today's match day was Liverpool versus Chelsea. The, I like to call it the central midfield purchasing derby. <laughs> You're talking about Dominic, huh? Well, I'm, I'm talking about the fact that uh, you guys have been fighting over like the same three central midfielders for the past two weeks with multiple changes in who is buying who each time. Like It's been like Manchester United-style transfer drama that I'm not involved in. This is way more interesting. When it's someone else's transfer drama, it's way more readable. Yeah. You know... I kind of want to focus more on the game. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, what? What? Tell us what happened. I mean, I, I got to watch it, but through your eyes. Yeah. No, I was able to catch in a few of the highlights of the game and everything. Um, I mean, Liverpool looks fine. Um, 
I'm a pretty big Salah fan myself. That's kind of what got me into going after Liverpool. Hmm. Um, and he had that beautiful pass. He slid it right behind the two defenders to get it to Nunes. And he came in and finally got his goal. I was pretty happy to see that because uh, I don't know if you have been watching a lot of Liverpool games, but Salah's so that's been not what much I was the- expecting when you said that a perfect pass went into Nunez because usually that's when <laughs> like the ball's like, <laughs> like out of the country. <laughs> yeah, he's uh he's been you know he's not quite what they've been expecting out of him, but I mean. Dude, if you're gonna spend that much money on a player, like he's got to be better. I, he's I like, what, they, they though, paid honestly. like over a hundred million dollars for that guy. He can't. He couldn't shoot last season to save his life. But I think he's gonna be so good. I think people are gonna like. I think he's gonna make a lot of people swallow their words this season. I think he's so good. So but, I'm I'm a Liverpool fan, and I what 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 what? Yeah, you might not be able to see it with the name that I have going on there. <laughs> but okay. Do you agree on this point that if you're going to pay $100 million for a player, that if he's actually a good player, they can adapt quickly to whatever system they're going in and be able to be an impact on the field as soon as they get there? Otherwise, yeah. that's probably not worth $100 million. I'll give you that. Like, I think, I mean, I don't know. There's so many players that are like victims of their price tags, and he might be one of those. I actually kind of, for a second, almost forgot that he was a $100 million player. Because I think if he was... If he was a 50 million player, then you say, you know, he's great. And he's got a huge upside. He might be worth a hundred million one day. You know, I think this season he will come good on that though. Like if he scores 20 goals this season, premier league prices, that's a hundred mil, you know, it is. Yeah. I don't know. 20 goals I, hope he de- I hope he develops and I hope there's actually somebody besides Salah that's actually developing a lot of the offense that's going on there. Cause if we can get that going now that they've added Dominic into the mix to be able to help facilitate. I mean, yeah, we'll get back into the Champions League. So, so I watched the whole match, uh, and uh, <laughs> I just that, like, let's just leave it there, and then we're good. No, 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 uh, no. But that that first goal, it was the the, the Nunez goal from with the pass from Salah. You're talking about beautiful pass. I, whatever beautiful the, it's probably, I think that'll end up being one of the ten best goals of the whole season that anyone scores. It was like it, it was a type of pass that. Even when you're watching it, you don't understand until the ball is at Nunez's feet that that was the yeah. intention. Uh, and, and he just, to- was, he just was, toe pokes totally it into the corner. The, that was totally the intention. No, what I'm saying is, to us, to a lay person watching, it doesn't look like a pass is on until the ball finds him. And then you're like, oh, wow. Like, that was, that was the pass that Salah saw that, like... You're watching with the TV camera, and it's it's not even apparent, like from the FIFA view, that that pass was on. It was like a brilliant pass, and and, and like I, I I think that if if Nunez is in the right place, which is exactly where he was, I think he'll score a ton more goals this year. Like you're not going to have that same like first year in the Premier League butterfly kind of feeling. He'll be great. What Liverpool's problem is is the defense needs like kind of a reboot and, and and it feels like you're going to be winning plenty of games four to three. It's like you're, you'll be in the hunt, but like defensive solidity feels like is it's needed for like a title challenge. So it feels like Liverpool is spending so much time trying to fix the midfield, which is smart to do that. There's just like, no, there's no chance to reboot the, the defense. Right. Yeah. And Chelsea's uh, taking everything away. 
Well, I still don't know what to make of Chelsea. Yeah, Mudrick. I. Goodness, you know they kind of they kind of surprised me with how they played today because, you know, are they good? Did they fix the problems they had last season and figure out a way to get the system going? Or they're better. Just, yeah, but is this just another one of those games where Liverpool just kind of fell asleep at the wheel a little bit and just kind of let a middle tier team take advantage of that? You have a top tier offense and a middle tier defense, and it and it feels like it's just going to be an incons. There's going to be a lot of just inconsistent stretches, right? Like some matches you'll crush teams, and then other matches it'll be frustrating. Like Chelsea, also like both teams had a goal that I would argue is just on the border of offside uh, disallowed, and they were both really nice goals. Salah had one taken away, and Ben Chilwell dribbled through yeah. the entire team. Uh, and, but, like, I think that, that you see you see the creaky floorboards in both of those teams. With those, those goals are one millimeter away from being, like, defensive embarrassments in, in both cases. Uh, sorry, I'm not trying to, like, lecture you. You can, you can interrupt and, and disagree or... <laughs> No, no, no. I'm You're happy right, to hear sorry. more about my team. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I can tell you, I have, I have about 95 minutes worth of uh, information from today. <laughs> oh. More than that, even. There, there's a little. Here's a little. Oh yeah, the stoppage. How much do you think that this will affect the season. Wow, you read my mind. But the stoppage time going into like the previous World Cup system, where they're actually like, if you waste 10 minutes, we're adding 10 minutes. We're not adding six or whatever. I, I am so happy they did it. I loved it at the World Cup. I felt like everyone adjusted to it immediately and was like, oh, we should stop fucking around. And they did. And I love it. Like, I think it's such a good idea. I think it'll actually have a pretty big effect on the season, too. Like, because, I mean, if anything, I feel like you see more fucking around in league games where there's such a massive difference between, like, 20th place, you know, Southampton or whatever it was last year versus Man City then like i don't know when france plays germany there's not as much of a i I mean i guess sometimes in the international level there is i'm gonna undo my own point but there's nothing but there's nothing like what newcastle did last year which was like anti-football with results in mind hack everybody down and then once someone hacks you down oh let me just go take three minutes as i roll around the entire midfield uh yeah right it's, it's total time wasting and their refs are going to make it up at the end of the game uh, i'm all for it as well Love it. it's gonna benefit the teams that have greater depth though because now those five substitutes you're really needing to use them and if you don't yeah, have five 20 minutes extra now instead yeah of eight and right. and if you and if you don't have five good players then that means that there's maybe gonna be more times that you concede a late equalizer or late losing goal like in the hundred and first minute or, or whatnot at this point i'd love uh, to that's halfway through the year and see how many uh goals are scored after regular time um and then compare that to the end of the year because that's be, it's gonna be I'd big be curious to, i'd be curious to see how many more injuries end up happening with the extra time that they have to play <laughs> dude I, you see them after those 90 minutes these guys are we're tired Veron. Sorry, Varane went to the to the referee. I think it was to the refereeing uh, commission in the Premier League after this ruling was released. And Varane is like, "Listen, playing seventy five matches a year, like the human body can't do it." Uh, 
And and I know that these are all businesses that don't care, right? They're all just like fighting for a land grab of of relevancy and supremacy. But like when players start like having like career enders and those like hundred million pound players start to like I don't know, let's say they do some damage that is gonna stop them from playing, or they Christian Erickson sort of like have heart related or heat related thing. Like I I think nothing's gonna happen until like there's the worst consequences. Well, I don't know how much I mean that's a bigger comment than just this particular well, but refereeing but decision. I but I I think in relevance yeah, to it's this games I, and game time. Sure. But I think like what they saw at the World Cup is even over the course of a couple weeks at the World Cup there was less time wasting. So they were adding less time by the end of it. And I think that like once people know, oh, like this is how you're going to referee it, then it, it won't be quite as gaudy, even as it was this weekend where you're like adding 25 minutes overall, which is like, that's a lot. And that is going to be something that would like cause injuries. Whereas, and I, I don't know, I think it might have a knock on effect of like, there's so many things that from the sidelines, fans have said, like, why don't the referees just do what is already a rule on the book? Like, if someone's wasting time, add all of the time. Or, like, if someone talks to the referee and they're not a captain, give them a yellow. You know what I mean? Like, all of these things that, like, every fan at one point or another has been annoyed by, like, maybe this is a watershed moment for refereeing in the Premier League where it's, like, things they will just start, like, being better. <laughs> I don't know. I actually I didn't know that was a rule. Only the captain can talk to the referee. Well, it's not it's not that cut and dry, but like certainly if you go up and if you call surround the motherfucker and surround him, yeah, all, all the, the time the, the players like you know start swarming the ref and start you know yelling at yeah. him and all that other like, stuff. That's definitely not allowed. I hate that. But it's weird because even in I, the I moment, hate it when that happens too. It's they don't like because like Arsenal got in trouble for it a few times last year. And on one hand, on the one hand, I'm a hypocrite for being like, "Well, don't penalize us," because I, I don't like it when you do that. But like on the other hand, it's like the, my problem with it wasn't so much that we got in trouble for it because we did do it. But it's like my problem is that it happens a hundred times a game. So when you only selectively enforce it three times all season, it feels a little rough. But it's like just just enforce it every time. I think it's a good rule. Like, I think it's a great rule. You know what I mean? I don't think we should do it. I don't think anybody should do it. And to your point, selective enforcement is why it perpetuates itself right. and keeps keeps going, is that maybe I'll get away with it so it's worth the gamble. Right. It's like, and it acts totally is. Like, because, and you can see where it influences the decision sometimes. I think, I mean, they're not out of their mind for doing it, but I just wish they didn't. Right. Um, I'm so sorry to do this, but I'd love to talk about Manchester United for two seconds because I feel like I've been very disciplined in I, creating I have, space. I have to, I have to jump. But oh, yeah, don't you fun. fucking dare. <laughs> don't you dare. Uh, oh, United. getting very wavy here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I can record whether or not you drop off Julio. Uh, <laughs> so just want to say uh, it's as of Sunday, August 13th, Manchester United unbeaten undefeated Still. undrawed upon undrawed upon drawn with undrawn with no undrawed they've been undrawed no uh we have we have yeah they're naked we haven't uh we haven't played yet we're playing tomorrow so i get to enjoy this last uh out of everyone but instead of talking about the team what i wanted to talk about is mason greenwood I wanted to talk about the fact that uh, we were promised as as fans and as a public sort of 
uh, clarity on what my team plans on doing or about the fact that, you know, while Greenwood has been declared not a criminal based on the fact that it didn't go to court and the key witness withdrew and had a baby with him. Right. Uh, we all saw what we saw and heard what we heard, and uh, I'm someone that just wants to put sort of like a, a line in the sand and say, I don't care about what other clubs have done with players who have you know, been acquitted of strongly suggested charges. Like, I just don't want him to play for my club ever again. And it really, it kind of bums me out that like, you know, we'd be getting to talk about like, things your clubs have been doing and like and how those first opening matches went and like this is something that's just on my mind it's on my mind like pretty constantly uh and i'm if he comes back uh and is reintegrated in this team or is sent on on loan with as a chance to like kick the can down the road and avoid making a decision because united seem to be driven more by business than values uh I'll still be a fan of the club, but like I'm not celebrating a goal he scores. I think he's a piece of shit, and I don't want him on my team. So I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on uh, alleged rapists playing for for teams, but like it it really bothers me, and I would hate to for my club to even benefit from him. I'd rather we finish outside the Champions League uh, without him than win it with him. Do you guys have a history of bringing players like this to your club? We do the first mm-hmm. the first episode of this podcast. Tracking this guy's talent. All right, let's not make jokes <laughs> about it, Julio. This this is the moment where you read the room on the jokey part. Uh, <laughs> He's not ready, Julio. <laughs> our our, fir- our first our first episode was about Ronaldo, and it was a real sort of confusing episode to start with because we had this guy coming back who had a very clouded history of he might have raped somebody. Uh, but we didn't have to watch a video of it or or hear uh, an audio recording of it. And it feels like that's... For me personally, I just don't want to not say this like super seriously on this podcast. Having a soccer podcast, I don't want it to be uh, unclear where I stand on this personally. But yeah, you're right. Like yeah. there, there are lots of rapists in all of the major professional soccer leagues, sports leagues, your local fire department... Like there, as there, there are a percentage of people who are rapists, and soccer is a profession, so there will be rapists in soccer. But like, I think that we have the ability to sort of at least express some form of fucking disapproval, right? If nothing else. Honestly, I've always said this. I applaud you for your stance on it. I applaud you for the lack of ambiguity, like because it's it's also, I guess. <laughs> In some ways, you know, like you think of every other sort of scandal like this within sports, outside of sports, it's like there's almost never been as much conclusive evidence as there is with the thing where it's like, well, that's him, all right, you know? And like usually there's some element of like he said, she said, or, you know, whatever. And there just isn't with this one. So I, I kind of, I, I applaud you for like sticking to your guns, even as like I never in a million years thought that he would be acquitted you know just it, i just thought he was gonna like go to jail and like that was gonna be the end of this conversation and the fact that he's out i don't know it it does it feels somehow a little scummy the way that united have been like oh well let's like take a poll of the fans to see what they think i'm like 
it, that is scummy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, and it's weird because usually that would be a good thing of like you should listen to the people that care about the team and you should like make decisions based on their values and stuff. But it's like, well, in this case, like I don't know. Do you have? Do you really have to ask your fans of like? Yeah, is it? Is rape good? Like that. Like, you know, How do you guys you, feel about this topic? Yeah, yeah. Well, do great. United do United fans have like a different opinion than the baseline of like rape bad? <laughs> don't do rape. Like yeah. it, it 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 feels weird, and then it feels weird that they recently said, "Well, we've got to ask uh, our female players uh, that are at the World Cup right now. We can't do this without asking them." I mean, you could have asked them eighteen months ago or 17 months ago or 16 months ago or 15 months ago or all the other numbers uh but they haven't because they're just fucking avoiding it and it's 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 a moment i'm i'm fucking ashamed i'm sorry i didn't warn hector and julio that this topic was going to get brought up but i knew i was going to talk about united and i kind of wanted to like donate that time to this issue instead of talking about the players i'm excited that we've signed or the things that are different this year where I think might certain results might break differently. Fuck my club for being so cowardly about this. It, it's like it's it, they're they're fucking cowards and there's no other way around it. And it's and it's depressing. I'm sorry guys, th- I don't know if you've heard all of the Meet the Sockers, but half <laughs> of them are like pretty depressing. <laughs> it's kind of the reality of how things kind of go in sports sometimes. I mean, I'm honestly speaking as kind of like a you know, especially from the the NBA side in terms of basketball, mm-hmm. you guys might have heard about Kobe Bryant at right. some point. You know, I love that guy. I grew up with that guy. I mean, the guy did what he probably did in Colorado to that woman, and he paid a pretty big price by buying his wife a brand new big ring. <laughs> I mean, you don't do those things unless you probably ended up doing what you know people said you've done. But, I mean, the guy went down as, you know, a legendary icon inside of the L.A. community, and he's a hero, and he got an Oscar for his film that he came out with. Um, yeah, but there's also a different... forgotten about, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Eka. ...on someone huh? and raping someone, right? So, yeah, I well, mean... He, he got accused of rape. I mean, he, he raped the woman. Uh, I'm not familiar enough with this to know if what we're talking about is. Uh, sorry, I'm such a not NBA expert that yeah. <laughs> I really am not not familiar. Uh, but but the, I think the initial point though is that like it as long as sexual assault is a thing in all of our societies, it's gonna be something that people who are more powerful more wealthy and who have never really been told no in their whole life are gonna they're it's gonna keep happening unless we make it so incredibly uncomfortable for them like the same way we have we're making it uncomfortable for time wasters by adding stoppage no i'm serious like like that's we're we're we're, we're trying to eliminate one of those two things this season like there are already rules against this (laughs) perhaps I'm wondering, and I don't have an answer, but like just as as a podcast that occasionally ponders social justice issues in in the sport that we love, that we we wish was maybe a bit more aspirational. Like I wonder if the league could be doing more to, you know, th- how about all the stamp out racism campaigns that have happened, which by the way haven't stamped out racism. It seems like no. all all of the logos and pre rolls where we have some clever little clip art that kicks a ball, but the ball is racism. 
<laughs> like I don't see a single thing about uh, sexual assault or, or sexual yeah. crime, sex sex crime. Like I don't see the any of these leagues even acknowledging that it exists. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe this is Jerry Springer's uh, Jerry's thoughts uh, on sexual assault, but basically. In this season of you know eternal hope, we have not lost yet. We have not drawn yet. I'm pretty bummed out. It feels like we're a loser, but um, that's I totally agree with you on that. I'm actually kind of surprised that you know after the Me Too movement and all that kind of stuff that I mean all the other I feel sports kind of jumped on board with doing a marketing campaign or at least doing some kind of minimal effort. I don't think the Premier League ended up doing anything. They didn't even, I don't even think they acknowledged that that even happened. I think they're still in the denial phase a little bit because it's not like it's just Greenwood. Obviously, there's been like allegations around, you know, Hardy. There's been allegations around Mendy. And like on some level, like the NFL had like a really bad problem with this. And I think that they bit the bullet in a way that is like, not to say, I mean, I don't know. There's no magic bullets, but they did bite the bullet a little bit in the sense that they, like, I think that they really, like, train people up in this now. And they, like, they give these kids who are, like, sometimes, you know, not much more than teenagers. They give them a little bit more of, like, all right, here is a position that you're about to be in that you maybe haven't been in before in your life. And, like, here is how you handle that. And here is how you, like, think about, like, think through some of these decisions that you're going to have to make. And... I don't know. It's like, it's not that different than like, I mean, if you remember like in college, there was always some kind of like, I don't know, like there was a lot of like training around this of like, Hey, you're like a dumbass 18 year old. Let me like show you a few things of like how the world works and like how you like things that you should think through right now yeah. like, before you go have like eight beers at a cocktail or a cocktail party, yeah. party. you know what I mean? But yeah. like, I think that, yeah, I was going to say, uh... could use some of that. Yeah, with the campaigns where it's like, don't drug girls at the club or like, don't slip things into their drinks. Uh, yeah. Do weird shit. <laughs> or even like, hey, if you're both really wasted, like maybe now isn't the greatest time. Yeah, I don't know. Like there's like a lot of this. Oh, you're know, talking about cons- of... consent. Yeah, That's exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. That's a, that is a thing. And like, I think as, as dumb as it sounds, like I think there's a lot of 17 year old boys that could use some training on it. Like, even though like, I wasn't like going around and raping then, but like, I'm sure that if I were to speak about consent now, I would speak a little more articulately than I did as a, as a teenage boy. And so like, as silly as it sounds to like you, how hard is it to train someone the difference between yes and no? Like it's, I don't know. I think, I think they could probably like, they could probably affect some change in the world in a good way. Is, Dude, is it's, this? It's a, uh, oh, sorry. I was no, going to bring up the point that a lot of these players in the Premier League, I mean, they're coming in at 17 to 24, yeah. and they're giving yeah. millions of dollars. Like, dude, that's a, that's a lot of power to wield. I mean, and there, is Greenwood like 19 years old now? 20? No, he's like 22 now because he's had two, two years away from the first team and was with okay. it for two years before that. Um, he's a kid. Yeah. Still, basically. No, but he's an adult. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, like, I, he, I know he's an adult, but I mean, his mentality, he's still a kid. 
But I was a child, like, to Jeff's point, I was a child that was very easily able to fight off any notions of wanting to sexually assault someone. It's, like, was super easy for someone who was born with empathy. But, like, I'm thinking we're, we're making little, like, monsters in a way by telling that these, these kids are j- or U-12 wonder kids. And, like, they're being told everything that they want is going to be theirs. And that, like, the world is their oyster in so many ways. And then it is. And then, like... Fuck, we have we have a whole society where like we had a president who said I could kill someone on Fifth Avenue or whatever and get away with it. And like if if you're good enough, if you're wealthy enough, if you're powerful enough, if you're smart enough, they're, they're being taught that the rules don't apply to you. Uh and maybe they should and maybe it, like the very source of their livelihood should be the thing to teach them that lesson because I don't know how else they're learning it. And this has been Meet the Sockers. <laughs> no, but honestly, like when you have that much money and you're at that age and everything, I don't think people in their circles are telling them, "Hey, you probably shouldn't be doing these kind of things." Or, you know, I mean, some of these guys are traveling away from their from their parents. They're yeah. leaving their homes and they're coming to to England to come play, and they're living on their own. Like, I don't know if they have anybody there to kind of keep them on check. I feel like sometimes don't the younger players like bunk up with not bunk literally bunk up but like two oh, people yeah, they, to they, an apartment like just to yeah, have. They bunk up with, yeah, yeah. Because I remember um, I was reading on some of the Mexican players that were coming there, but they bunk with another twenty-year-old or they right. bunk with yeah, another yeah. rookie. You're reinforcing the same shit. <laughs> you got a guy that's gonna add another some kerosene to the fire. He's probably in on it too. Man, this bums me out. I guess the podcast is over forever now. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like soccer is hopeless. Everything's mm. hopeless. I hate everything. Wouldn't be meet the soccer's without some sort of like death well, spiral. Like meet the downers. Am I right? <laughs> no, I mean, think we were just. We do need to talk about these things because otherwise they'll continue to happen. And I'll, unfortunately, it's happening to uh, a particular woman, a particular fan base, a particular team. Um, you know, if you guys continue as Manchester. United fans continue to, you know, raise your voices on issues like this. It, it could lead for his expulsion uh, at the very least. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, they are literally listening now, so it's like it's good that you're, you know what I mean? Like, that's the Twitch. If they that's were the like, Twitch person. <laughs> if no, but if they were, if they were like trying to see, like, oh, maybe they forgot or don't care as much, and we could like make some money off of this or like have a good striker back. It's like, I don't know. It, it's it's worth bringing up. They're like, nah. Right, what is There's that? Gonna... Yeah, like, we spent so much money on him, or we, we need a striker. Like, oh, let's just kind of put this under the rug. Uh, fuck that. Like, we need to talk about this. Because uh, yeah. otherwise, I mean, it's going to happen to another person, um, another striker in another team, or whatever. Like, it, it could be someone at work. You know, it's not necessarily something that is uh, embedded in only soccer. It's just now we're seeing this at the highest stage uh, because it's a Premier League team. Shit, I had a point and I completely for- forgot it, but that was exactly right, Hector. Exactly right. No, but like, oh, sorry. There's a there's a protest that's actually going to be happening at Old Trafford before the match. Uh, I don't know how many fans, but a protest not about the ownership, not about the Glazers, about this issue in particular. So I hope it's loud and I hope it's visible, or else you. I feel like the Glazers can ignore a lot of things as we've seen over the years. Um, you gonna go to that? No, I'll. <laughs> 
that mm. that match that match is happening in uh, twenty hours, so I I will oh, not be at that oh, one. That. No. Oh, that match, yes. But uh, Jeff and I will be uh, in nine days. Oops, sorry. In nine days. What is, is someone? All right. Jeff I was and I, trying to click it so seamlessly, and instead I just did the opposite of seamlessness. And Jeff and I were just, we were volleyballing back and forth to turn a switch on and off, on and off. Um, In nine days, I will be flying my fat ass from America to <laughs> London for Skinny the set. On the Thank you. <laughs> Doubt it. Uh, the second live Meet the Soccers podcast in London. We will be going to uh, Manchester United's visit to the Emirates. Uh, and one of us will be doing a podcast after that, probably. <laughs> I don't know which one. <laughs> one of us will be happy to talk about it, I'm sure. Uh, probably Jeff. But um, it's been honestly so great, uh, Hector and Julio, having you guys yes. here. Uh, Jeff and I would love for you to come back again sometime. Uh, and Hector, hopefully we will we will make sure that you're comfortable with the uh, with the tech setup before next time. Yeah. Do a better job onboarding you. Uh, but it's so great. It's, thank you guys for for joining us. So great having you here. And I will see. Will I see you both in a few hours as we try to win our first ever Nostalgia FC Championship? Let's do it. Definitely will. Thanks but for having me. We're also me. playing the best team in the league, filled with athletically, genetically superior players. <laughs> yeah, they're real good. They had practice, so we're fucked. But yeah. um, most of the players are under thirty too. <laughs> That's not looking good then. <laughs> well, Jeff, I'm so excited. Julio, to Hector, you. very oh, nice yeah. to get to talk to you guys. Thank you guys so much for coming on the pod. Yeah, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah, Jeff, Skyler. Quick Thanks, plug before we go off the air. Uh, tomorrow night and the night after, so August 14th and 15th, Monday and Tuesday night, my improv group, the Non-Recyclables, will be performing at Camden Fringe. Um, Tuesday is sold out, but <laughs> Monday we could use your support. So mm-hmm. if you're there, if you're around, come out to Camden Fringe. We're performing at the Etc. Theater. We'd love to see you there. Uh, if you can't make it, follow us on Instagram at the underscore non underscore recyclables. And uh, yeah, that is my shameless plugging for the day. Meet the suckers. Meet the suckers. A soccer podcast that probably won't last. Meet the suckers. Meet the suckers. Ryan, meet the suckers and chat shit today.